Good evening, I'm Rafferty Cleary. Expect clear skies tonight, a low of 20. Your forecast coming up in minutes. Smith County deputies fatally shot a man who allegedly attacked a woman Thursday morning. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation identified the deceased this afternoon as 38-year-old Gary Wayne Madewell. Preliminary information indicates the incident happened at 6 a.m. when deputies responded to a stabbing at a home on Boyd Lane in Carthage. A press release said deputies observed Madewell in possession of the knife when they arrived at the home for reasons still under investigation. Officials said deputies fired upon Madewell when the situation escalated. He died at the scene. No law enforcement officers suffered injuries during the incident. The woman received medical treatment at a hospital. A number of Birdstown residents had no water this morning after a six-inch main water line broke on West Main Street. Mayor Sam Gibson said about 800,000 gallons of water went through the broken line before crews managed to make repairs. And anytime you have a break like this, we'll probably use the uh, boil water advisory for those areas because there's no way you, when you got a leak that you can keep a little dirt little mud and stuff from getting in there, so we'll, we'll need to do that. Gibson said the water boil advisory will remain in effect for the next 24 hours. The busted line mostly affected the residents in downtown, along with the Clark Mountain and Moodyville areas. Tennessee Tech University will no longer house the Small Business Development Center. Mark Farley is the executive director of the Upper Cumberland Development District. He said Tech plans to hand the day-to-day -day operations over to the UCDD. They have decided they don't have capacity anymore for it. And we have had initial discussions. I think we've got to the point where we all agree that the thing to do is they're going to turn that operation over to the development district. And we think, and, and, and they actually approached us thinking that would be a great fit with our revolving loan fund, the work we're already doing with businesses, retail development, everything we've got going on. Farley said he hopes to have the deal worked out before the UCDD's January meeting. Tech has housed the Cookville Center for several years under a partnership with MTSU, which holds the Small Business Development Center contract statewide. Highlands Residential Services, or HRS, has extended the bid period for the Oak Tree Towers project. HRS Director of Operations Chris Cassidy said the agency will now open bids next month. We had uh, a couple of um, general contractors who had uh, picked up plans and were very interested in the project that uh, expressed that opening bids so close to the end of the year and the holidays that really they wouldn't be able to spend the time on it necessary to give us the best bid they could. And we felt like that was a very reasonable request and, and certainly want to get the best bids we can. So we, we've extended that to January 14th. HRS originally planned to open bids for the project in Cookville December 16th. Oak Tree Towers will be a 50-unit mid-rise apartment complex on Buffalo Valley Road. Cassidy said elderly residents will occupy the units once construction finishes. The 4th District Representative of the Cumberland County Board of Education has resigned. Josh Stone moved out of the 4th District to a new residence in the 1st District. His resignation letter to board members said he plans to seek the 1st District seat when it comes up for election next year. Earlier this year, a judge sentenced 30-year-old Jacob Stanley Snyder to life in prison for fatally shooting an 11-year-old Clay County girl in 2018 and wounding her father. District Attorney Bryant 
Dunaway said it's a case he'll always remember throughout his career. He conducted an interview with us Thursday discussing the process of prosecuting the case and how he considered the death penalty at one point. The Snyder case is something that really racked the community as a whole. That, that whole community of, of Hermitage Springs in the western part of Clay County, as well as the rest of the county, uh, you know, that community just rallied behind the family. They, 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 they held fundraisers for the benefit of, of, of Haley. And, uh, it's just a bad situation. And, and, uh, and you remember the other victim that wasn't injured physically is the, is, is the sister uh, who was an 11-year-old child. And thankfully, she wasn't injured, but she, she witnessed the entire thing. And, and is going to have to live with that the rest of her life. Witnessed her father be shot and her sister killed. You know, one of the things that stood out as you all worked through this case was it, it came to a conclusion fairly quickly compared to other cases that we see that go through the court system. Is there a reason for that? Or was it just the fact that, you know, the evidence was just laid out so clearly in this case? What, what were the, why so quickly or did it go through the court system? Well, that's also a good question. It, it Normally, murder cases, as you observed, have traveled through the system much slower. But in this case, the proof was very strong. We were very fortunate, for example, in this case, that at the home of the victims, there was a, a home surveillance camera system where the shooting was captured on video. Uh, and, and just strong evidence such as that, we, the law enforcement rallied and, and captured him very quickly after the event itself. And, and it just... The horrendous nature of the case, I think his lawyers and, and, and the defendant himself recognized that uh, this is not a case that they were going to be successful in defending. And, and so they uh, ended up pleading to the exact charge that was that was charged, uh, first-degree murder. Was there ever a point as you're working through this case that you all considered uh, the death penalty uh, against Mr. Snyder? So, yes, uh, that is a thought process that I went through. Most people don't realize that not all first-degree murder cases are eligible to seek the death penalty. This one technically would have been eligible, and I did go through the process of deciding whether or not to elect to seek the death penalty. But after we consulted with the victims' families and, and really kind of laid out the options to them, they were all supportive of allowing him to plead guilty to first-degree murder, and other offenses that would guarantee he spends the rest of his life in prison without the possibility of getting out. One of the practical difficulties with seeking the death penalty is that there is uh, years and years and years of appeals. And in this case, the families uh, of the victims just didn't, didn't want to have to deal with that. And so uh, when I'm part of the, one of the considerations in whether or not I decide to elect the death penalty is the wishes of the family, and they were supportive of, of the plea that went down. When Snyder committed the murder, Dunaway said he was on parole for committing a felony home invasion in Michigan.